Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Let's go to Jay in Kansas City. He wants to talk about ETFs. Jay. I'm absolutely in love with an ETF, and that's when I get scared. Uh, ticker symbol I is in Indiana. H is in Harry. I is in Indiana. And provides unbiased answers. Let's take a shorter look at the chart. It's hard to get out of something that's done this well this long. Invest Talk. Over 31 million downloads and counting. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I just want to get your opinion on UPS. I mean, it looks like the stock ran up quite a bit, but I just want to see what a good entry price would be. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Best Talk. It is Tuesday, March 11, 2021. And today's program, we're going to talk about money. We talk about money every day, and we do it on a, on a we do it based on what you think you need to know. And based on your questions, what do you want to talk about? As long as it's something to do with finance or money, anything to do along those lines, we'll talk about it. So every day we start with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And that means we will provide you with all the information. We'll share with you all the information we have. Now, of course, in this format on the air, when you ask questions, we can't delve too deeply into any particular stock. We just It's just not possible. But we, be assured that we'll give you all the facts that we have at our fingertips, all the data that we, we uh, buy, we buy data, uh, and we will share that data with you. So all the stock commentary, all the information, anything financial, anything economic, we have at our fingertips. We'll share it with you. you can take it and then do what you will. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, we encourage you to contact this show, so I encourage you to call me with your questions, because you take the show wherever you want it to go. So, well, matter of fact, you can call me right now, we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so now you can get us live. The number is the same always, 888-99-CHART. So let's go ahead and start the questions. Hi guys, big fan of the show. I just wanted to get your opinion on UPS. I mean, it looks like the stock ran up quite a bit, but I just want to see what a good entry price would be. Thank you. Okay, try not to chase stocks after they've run up a lot. Uh, it's you know it's it's it continue to it can it can continue to go, but that means you've missed the major part of the move. So UPS is a great company. It's a you know 185 billion dollar company delivers packages and documents throughout the United States and over 220 countries and other territories. Okay, they're going to make $11.05 this year, okay, 2021. They made $8.23 last year. They're going to make eleven thirty-four next year. Okay, so the packaging business, delivery business has been very good, especially in this COVID period. So they've had great sales growth because of this. You know, in the low 20s, the last couple of quarters, and the teens, mid-teens, and the quarters before that. A year ago, they were growing 4 and 5%. So all that 
know, what has that made the company worth? You know, that now they're going to make $11.34. It's a $214 stock. Okay, so you're looking at what, a 20 PE, around a 20 PE? And the five-year average is 11 to 22, and the current PE is 22. So you're paying up. You're paying a lot of money. You're paying top dollar for a very good stock. Why? Wait till it pulls back. If it pulls back to the 180, okay, I can see it. There's a lot of support, 175 to 180. I'd buy it there. That's where I would enter it. Now that's broken out, you know, to a new high, well, it's hard for it's hard for me to want to buy something when it's done that already. Okay. My focus point today: a major U.S. pipeline moving gas, diesel, oil, and jet fuel has been shut down by a ransomware attack. I'm sure you've heard about it. This is a pretty big deal. We want to talk about it a little bit more detail. Okay, um, it shows us the vulnerability we have here in the United States. You know, um, that's why we need these pipelines. As much as people think, oh, we want to go clean energy, we need them. We don't, we're not able to do clean energy yet. It doesn't have all the ability we need. We need these pipelines. And, you know, it's a major part of our infrastructure here in the United States. I, what else do I want to talk about? Well, the trivia question today. The trivia question today concerns planning for your comfortable retirement. Where you settle and when you retire will be important things to consider. Where and when. So that we're going to talk about that. Also, job openings. We had a pretty bad jobs report last Friday, remember? Talked about it. But no one paid much attention to the job openings number. I want to describe what that is and what the numbers were. Uh, and state public pensions that, you know, most people don't pay much attention to them. Why is it important to you and me? And one word, taxes. So we'll briefly touch on that. And did you see this? This was an interesting report in Singapore. In Singapore, a Chinese couple intimidated an Indian woman who was apparently exercising and didn't have a mask on. It's interesting what Singapore's reaction to that is. So those are things we're going to get to hopefully today. The market was down. The Dow was down 474 points. Of course, the Nasdaq was down big yesterday, and today the Dow is down big. The uh, Nasdaq was down 12 points today, and the S&P was down 36. So we're having a little bit of correction, which... You know, if you've listened to this show, you should not be surprised. Now it's a question of how deep, how long will it last? You know, uh, it's, it's not uncommon. It's pretty much health restoring. Corrections are good for the market. We need corrections along the way of a bull move, a bull market move. You want corrections along the way to reset so you don't want the whole market to get way overbought, way overexcited, then it comes down. And we're, we're, we are, we are actually we're in danger of doing that. So hopefully this correction is a little deeper. You know, a normal correction would be 10% from the top. I, I, I would welcome that, and so should you. So we're heading into a quick break. We have callers on the phone, but we have many phone lines. So give it a shot. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. 
Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Well, we have a couple of live calls, so let's take them first. Let's talk to Owen in Oakland. How are you doing, Owen? Uh, good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. So I have, um, a couple months ago, I bought some gold stocks. I bought good. Uh, Yamana, good. ticker symbol A-U-Y. I bought Newmont Mining, N-E-M, and I bought Barrick, G- I think that one's G-O-L-D. Uh-huh. And yes. um, I bought them for several reasons. One, I thought inflation would cause the price of gold to go up, and uh, they were all dividend stocks. But AUY, Yamana Gold, has been vastly underperforming uh, Newmont Mining and Barrick, and that's my largest position of gold stocks. Uh, it doesn't pay as much of a dividend, and it, I think it takes a foreign tax out on because uh, that's what it shows on my... Uh, my monthly balance sheet is a uh, foreign tax every now uh-huh. and then. Yep. And um, I was just wondering if you think I should take money out of that and possibly bear gold and put it into Newmont Mining. The fundamentals of, uh, you, I mean, the valuation of Newmont Mining is what I'm a little concerned about. It seems a little bit expensive. Or if you think I should put it into an ETF such as GLD or possibly a silver ETF like SLV. Well, those are a lot of questions. <laughs> Not one question. Um, I like gold. You've heard me talk about gold. You've heard Justin talk about gold and silver. I, uh, we both like them both. We think I think it has another one, one more big run in it at least. Um, I think we're in a commodity super cycle there, and gold is is a, gold and silver are commodities. So is copper and iron ore. You know, though I like all those things. Uh, let's t- take Yamada Gold Inc. A U Y. Canadian company engaged in mining and exploration of gold and silver properties. So it's a Canadian company. So it is a foreign company. Okay, so you are subject to that. I uh, recently purchased uh, a property. Um, from Monarch Gold Corporation uh, for about 152 million, but that should, you know, it's a 4.8 billion dollar company, so that's not that big. Sales growth has been the last four quarters. It shrank 35 percent four quarters ago. Three quarters it grew 23 percent. Two quarters ago it grew 20 percent, and the most recent quarter it grew 18 percent. Pays a 2.1 percent dividend. I think you'll hold on to it. It's at the low range of its P.E. ratio. Earnings are going to be $0.33 cents this year, $0.37 cents next year, and that might be why it's kind of, it's a $5.10 stock. And that might be the earnings, the earnings is kind of slow. You know, for sales growth that we have targeted, it's kind of slow. And that might be the reason uh, it does not have a lot of debt, so it's not that as a problem. So I, I kind of like it, but I also think you should own some silver. So if you have a lot of this, you might want to cut it in half and move over to the silver. And uh, I like SLV. I do. So I'm I'm not opposed to you keep holding on to this still. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Owen. Let's go to Jay in Kansas City. He wants to talk about ETFs. Jay. Hey, uh, thanks for taking the call. I Thank you. 
love listening to your show from afar, and I always appreciate the, your comments and as, as well as your partners in crime there. Uh, Thank you. Two, I guess two questions for you. I'm absolutely in love with an ETF, and that's when I get scared. Uh, <laughs> and it's ticker Probably a good symbol idea. I. Yeah, I know. Uh, ticker symbol I is in Indiana. H is in Harry. I is in Indiana. And as it relates to your previous comments as commodity super cycle, do you have any copper ETFs or stocks that you like? I've been looking, and I just haven't found anything that pops my fancy, but I've just read a lot of articles recently that say copper is here and it's going to really blow up. Uh, thanks for taking the call and talk me off the IHI love okay. pledge. Thank you. Okay. IHI, everybody. Exchange-traded funds seeking performance corresponding to the Dow Jones U.S. Select Medical Equipment Index is done very well and over a long period of time has done very well. Um, let's take a shorter look at the chart. Yeah, chart still looks pretty healthy. Um it's hard to get out of something that's done this well this long. What I would probably do is have a, a I would draw a trend line uh, from the lows that it made after it bounced up from the COVID thing. Don't count that. Uh, don't start there as a trend line. Start the month or two after recovery and draw a trend line. That would be a pretty steep upward mobile trend line. Brace the trend line, I'd get out. Meanwhile, I'd stay with it as long as it stays in trend. Okay? Now, I cannot I cannot say, go buy this copper mine. Go buy this. You know, I can't do that. Uh, the SEC doesn't allow us to make recommendations to people that are not clients. Uh, the, quote, the Really, the rule is you have, uh, we're supposed to know our clients. So anything on the air, if I, if, you, if I manage money, we manage money. KPP Financial manage money. As long as we manage money, we can't just blurt out things we want you to buy. Can't do that. Now, having said that, there are a couple of mining companies that have not only uh, copper, but they also have gold and silver. Usually, if you're, look, if you're looking for copper or you're looking at any precious metal or any metal, you find others as well. So there's a couple, there's a couple of big ones out there. And I believe there's an ETF that follows copper as well, just the price of copper. Either one of those would work. Okay. Now, as you can tell, I like to fit in live calls, but I still have a good deal of voice bank questions. So our work will continue after this break. We've got to take a break. 888-99-CHART. And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals got a question for steve or justin um, i wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term you're the best person to ask it 888-99-CHART we're already moving through the second quarter and serious investors need to bring their best game invest talk is here to help 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So, as you know, we like live calls. We do. But we do have a a voice bank, and we certainly go to those questions. So, my focus point today about the U.S. pipeline, uh, gas, diesel, oil, jet fuel, why it's been shut down, what are going to be the ramifications of that. 
and everybody's worried that it's going to be a while for it to come back online, and I'm, I'm not one of those persons. I think that when something is this important, everybody gets on it. This is the Colonial Pipeline we're talking about, where it had ransomware and it was uh, attacked, cyber attacked, shutting it down. So it tells you how fragile, in many ways, various systems that we have, and everybody else has in the world, by the way, that can be easily shut down, manipulated by hackers. And we do very little about it, which is amazing to me. I mean, if we do a lot about it, we just don't know about it. Maybe that's it. But why would one of the major pipelines, major company pipelines, be able to shut down with ransomware? You would think there would be a lot of protections. So what is this going to do? Well, it's in the southeast of the United States, and it transports gasoline in the southeast part of the country. There's always options, okay? If you can't transport it by pipeline, remember, along the Gulf Course is a lot of refineries, okay? They're refining the oil coming out of the Gulf. And those are, then you have to transport that refined product to the various places in the wherever, you know, southeast, along the eastern seaboard and up the Midwest. You can do it by, uh, you can do it by tanker. You don't have to do it by oil lines. We have options, but it will affect prices in the short term. What surprisingly is it really did not affect oil prices that much. It did not for something that is was pretty big and widespread. So, you know, there's different scenarios. If this lasted for 10 days or more, if this did, this shutdown, that would be a big problem. Prices would spike. Prices would, you know, and there'd be shortages in the, in the southeast. But anything under a few days, five days or a little fewer, nothing's going to happen. And it looks like they're going to get it back up pretty quickly. So, for some reason, I don't worry about that kind of thing when I know how important it is to get it back up. And it's not like it blew up. It's just that, you know, there's computer problems. Yeah, that's all. Let's go to Thomas in Santa Cruz. Thomas. Hello, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thank you for the call. Awesome. Uh, I got what you call a good problem. I bought some ExxonMobil stock when you were saying that you were had uh, a lot of it in your portfolio, and I was looking at oil companies, and I'm up 80% on it, and it's 20% of my portfolio, and I'm asking about an exit point. Yeah, you need to cut that back at least probably in half. I like ExxonMobil. Well, don't get me yeah. wrong. I, I still like it, and so do you, I'm sure, but you don't want to be too dominant in your portfolio. So are you you're looking for an exit point? Yeah, an exit price. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say I'm using a trend line, okay? I would draw a trend line. I could connect. I think it's about $56, $57. I would definitely be out at $54, okay? So there's two prices for you, okay? One of those two, pick one and decide. And I think, and, and I wouldn't get out completely. I would not. I'd just take some of the profits off the table and find something else with that money. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thomas, good, 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 congratulations. Great, great price. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Job openings. Okay, so 
we expected the number of new jobs last month to be a million, and they came in at what, 200-something thousand? But did you look at the jobs opening part of that report? Okay, there were 8.1 million jobs available from 7.5 million the month before. Now, that is a new high. That's higher than it's ever been. So why so many people unemployed and, you know, I mean, why so many jobs not filled? Some of the employers saying that they're not the right kind of jobs or they're not skilled. But with the jobs opening being so much, they're going to have to train them, aren't they? They're going to have to hire them and train them. So the jobs opening report is telling you that the official jobs report, when we expected a million and only got 200-something thousand, is not as dire at first blush. It's just not. So we'll see many of those jobs being filled. The more jobs opening you have, the more pressure is to fill them. So I think, you know, I know people are worried about it. You know, I've seen it in the news, and they think it might be affecting the market. Well, again, I don't think it's something that's worrisome. So I thought I'd just share that with you. When you look at the jobs report, remember, it's it's always back. Remember, it's always backward-looking, not forward-looking. Jobs opening, just forward-looking. Okay, if you're planning for a comfortable retirement, you will want to budget for a home that has no mortgage. So where you settle after retirement is pretty important. You need to do some research. So as we go to break, here is my trivia question. GoBankingRates.com conducted a study to determine which major U.S. cities are on track to lose their label of affordability. Can you name one or more cities where, in less than a decade, you might not be able to afford a home? After break, I will supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you all your investment questions. 888-99-CHART. From sunrise to sunset. Hi, Steve. This is Carol in Alabama. From dusk till dawn. Hey, guys. It's Carl from Philadelphia. The questions keep coming. I had a question regarding portfolio yield. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Big fan of the podcast from New York here. I'm calling from the Chicagoland area. From Newport, Kentucky. Invest Talk listeners have one objective. This is Frank from the Bay Area. Financial freedom. I had a question on your opinion about this Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund. How they get there and when they get there is up to them. My question today is about diversification. But Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance. I really thank you guys for all of your knowledge and wisdom. Listen live or download the podcast, investtalk.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. 
brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. 888 chart. Give me a call. We'll talk about anything financial. I asked a trivia question before the break, and it's all about affordability, home affordability and retirement. So uh, just talking about GoBankRates.com, which did, uh, conducted a survey that determined of 300 cities, by the way, the 300 largest cities in the U.S. And it's all about home affordability. It was a survey, and they started with Zillow, and Zillow's one-year forecast to project the growth in home values in each city over the next decade. Okay? Then it identified the place... Places where that change would be the average, would exceed the average home value. Okay, and the national median over the, right now is about $259,906. Okay, and uh, Zillow is projecting about 7% increase in prices this year. Well, here are some of the cities Ogden, Utah, 2020 home values are $258,000. 544, so about $1,400 low, below the median, and it's projected one year out to be up 8.1%. Ogden was the first settlement in Utah, located 35 miles north of Salt Lake City, and attracts numerous tours to ski and the snow. It's, you know, there's, 
If you've ever been to Salt Lake City, you know it's in a flat plain area, and you see these big mountains behind it. So Ogden is near, near those mountains. Chen, Arizona, in the Santan Valley, 2020 home value was 259581 about $400 less than that medium. One-year projected rate, 8.7%. Santan Valley is home to 80,000 people in the foothills of the Santan Mountains. With a thriving park and recreation area, Santan Valley features uh, age-restricted communities and family neighborhoods. And then finally, Melbourne, Florida, 2020 home value, 253 So like 5000 less than the medium. And it's supposed to grow 7.6%. And Melbourne is a metropolitan area with access to a lot of wildlife, nature, beaches. It's just 90 miles drive from the Orlando's big attractions. It has a population of half a million. Now, one thing that these three places have in common is it gets really hot in the summer. Florida gets really hot and humid. So, so I, I can't handle the humidity. I know I, maybe I can handle the hot, but I don't want to handle it more than a certain amount of time. That's why it's t- difficult for me to leave Southern California because I love the weather. So, and I'm close to the close to the beach. I'm not right next to the beach. I'm like four miles from the beach or so. But it keeps the weather cool in the summer. So if you send me an email message, I'll send you the link to the full list of the properties of the cities, if you're interested. So we have another live in-show call right now. Let's go to Daniel, who's from Palo Alto. Sir, he wants to talk security software. Daniel. Hi, Steve. Uh, can you hear me okay? Uh, great yes. to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just had a question. Uh, given the pipeline incident, I kind of predicted that the, some of the the security stocks might go up today, and I took a small position, opening position this morning in CrowdStrike and Cloudflare, and I just wondered what your thoughts were on adding to those positions, or was that is this just kind of a knee-jerk response to, to security, or might there be some need uh, ongoing now that we've been alerted to uh, how the country can be affected? Yeah, I think it might be a wake-up call, and I think you're going to see those security stocks do very well over the next few years. So I think it's a growing sphere that, you know, it always was growing, and people always knew they needed security, but now they're getting kind of their eyes opened as to how important it really can be. So I kind of like the play. I've liked it for some time. I don't think just because of one-day spike you should avoid them. You might get a pullback from the, the, the spike up, and that might be the buying opportunity you want. So, no, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I don't know those particular stocks that you're suggesting. I haven't studied them or anything, but I do like that sphere a lot. So just make sure that they're, you know, they have a solid company, good management, not too overpriced, and make sure that growth of sales is increasing. I think, I think that's a good place to be. I really do. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, um, that was Daniel, by the way, from Palo Alto, California. Let's keep things moving I, uh, and go for a question that came in earlier from a listener in Florida who called Invest Talk Anytime Listener Line number 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. Thank you for taking my call. You have a great show. This is Marty from Florida. I'm looking at the commodities market, primarily the miners. I was looking to get into something that had silver and gold in the mining. 
I was looking at Rio in particular. I tried to purchase it at 71 earlier, uh, about 30, 40 days ago. Missed the mark, and I've been waiting for it to pull back. Also been looking at the other miners, McLarens and Southern Copper. But with the commodities soaring as they are, do you see a pullback in the future at all? Or should I just dollar cost average into something like Rio? Thank you for taking my call, and thanks for all the information you provide. Have a good day. Oh, we'll get a call, but we'll get a pullback. We will. Um, I just don't think it'll be very much. And I think you need to, you know, uh, frankly, if you were looking at Rio, I would probably just buy at least half my position and not worry about that. And when it pulls back, buy the other half. Um, you know, you can, there's a danger for all of us investors, including myself. There's a danger in that you see an opportunity and you wait. You're still analyzing. You're still figuring for a pullback. You're still analyzing. And there's this there's old saying, you know, uh, uh, about that kind of reaction to something that you want again. It's uh, paralysis by analysis. You keep looking into it. And you keep looking into it. You keep waiting. You keep waiting as it runs up. So the, to stop that, just buy half position. Just buy it. Just buy it. You can be wrong. But if your your if your if your thesis is correct, it'll eventually go up. Continue to go up, so it's going to go up. The pullback could be ten percent from higher point. What if it goes up twenty percent, then a ten percent pullback? There's your buying opportunity. But you could have bought it twenty percent ago because you wanted to wait. So t- sometimes you just don't. I, I wish it was you know I could tell you exactly what to do on every position. You can't. I can't. I know that commodities is going to keep going up. The prices are going to keep going up for a long time, for several years. How many years? I'm not sure. But, and that tells me, and my price is still inexpensive. Rio Tinto, symbol RIO, UK-based company in global interest in mining metals and industrial minerals. Uh, it's going to make $12.10 this year and go back to $8.65 next year. So it probably will have a pullback. It's a $94 stock. Okay, well, what? let's go use the $8.65. What's that, a 14 PE? Okay, is that expensive? No, but for commodities over the last five years have been very low priced. The five-year PE range for com- this commodity is 5 to 12. So I'm saying it's only a 14 PE. Well, for it, that seems expensive. But throw on the fact that for well over five years, commodity prices, commodity companies have been underperforming tremendously. Now they're going to start overperforming. You can't just buy the five-year range anymore because that, that things have changed. And that's one of the things I love about the stock market. It never is the same. Things change all the time. You just got to be able to recognize the change. And that can be difficult. Okay, let's make it three in a row. This question came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Stephen Justin, Lance from Utah. Hey, I have a question about Two Harbors, EWO. I was wondering what your thoughts were. It pays a decent dividend. I've had it for a little bit, like a small portion. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on it. Thank you. Bye. 
Okay, there's Two Harbors Investment. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that invests in finances and manages residential mortgage-backed securities and related investments. I, I'm, I'm thinking I don't like it. I, I don't like it. They're going to make $0.94 cents this year, $0.96 cents next year. It's $6.94 stock. Therefore, it's really inexpensive. Okay, five-year range of the PE is 2 to 14, and at $0.98 cents means the PE range is going to, is going to be what, 6, 7? Return on equity is very low at 7%. Don't like that. It uh, doesn't have a lot of debt, but sales have been shrinking for four or five quarters in a row. Don't like that. And I don't think this is the place to be right now. Mortgage rates are going to start to rise eventually. But, they're, you know, if they can't make money now, what makes we think we'll make more money later? Pays a decent, nice dividend. Pays a 8% dividend. Okay. I just don't think it's got much on the upside. I think that's pretty much where it's going to be. Okay. Um, just not my cup of tea in this kind of environment. I want something better. Okay, so uh, let's see. <clears throat> 2021 is well underway, everybody. What? We're in uh, May 11th. Can't believe how fast it's going, but that's true every year. So summer is fast approaching, and, you know, summer can be pretty interesting for the stock market. Really can. It's going to be volatile. That I can assure you. The market's going to be volatile. Uh, I said it last year, and I'll say it again this year. There are some years I'll say it's not very volatile. But not this year. I think we're going to have a, a kind of a, a, a ride. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I, wor- I think it's worth taking a minute to talk about my company, KPP Financial. Justin and I uh, own the company. We're the owners based in Irvine, California. Uh, and, you know, that's in Orange County, Southern California. So I wanted to remind you that at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thing is share success, which we open the show with every time. What does that mean? That means we give you unbiased guidance. That means we practice parallel investing, buying the same things for you as we do for ourselves. We buy the same stocks, same bonds, the various programs we have. Same price, same percentage for everybody in those programs as myself. So we make sure we do that. Uh, so the strategies you know, that we have, uh, I ride, we ride along with you. I'm in every one of those. Not with just some of my money, with most of my money. Okay? Uh, so if you want to talk to us, you can send me a message. Go to investtalk.com, click on the Contact Us button, send me an email. Be happy to talk to you. Uh, or you can call our KPB financial offices in Irvine, California. Set up an appointment. We can talk to you on the phone. You know, with this day and age with Skype and all those other ways, you can do it by the phone, by, you know, teleconferencing. Any way you want to do it, we'll do it. So... So give us a call or send us an email. Do something. If you're interested, we'll be happy to talk to you. We want to help you. Even if you don't become a client, we'll still help you. I answer emails every day that do, that have no intention of ever being a client. I answer them every day. So give us a call or send me an email. Next up, a caller question we seem to get every week or two. That age-old question, growth stocks versus value stocks. So I'll play that call next. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, 
The Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi guys, big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, Steve and Justin. Love the show. I'm calling because I hear you guys talk about the market is moving out of uh, everything is shifting from growth stocks into value stocks. And I'm curious, how can we tell the difference between a growth stock and a value stock? Thanks. Okay. I've I've answered this question numerous times, and it's not hard. I probably would suggest that you have to be, uh, you have to look at a lot of stocks before you get comfortable with saying, okay, that's growth, that's value. But simply put, a growth stock is always growing, okay? It's growing its sales. It's not necessarily growing its earnings. Hopefully it is, but it's rapidly growing sales. Now, you could say a value stock can grow sales, yes, but a growth stock would sell, grow its sales in, you know, high teens, 20, 50%. Huge growth. That is the hallmark of a growth stock. Okay? Usually they're smaller or mid-size because it's difficult to be very large and be a growth stock, even though that can happen. Amazon, you know, I mean, it's possible. It's just more difficult. A value stock usually means it's a they have great earnings, but they're not growing very much or not growing at all. But they have a stable company, with a stable sales stream, with a stable income stream, and usually a decent dividend. That's a value stock. Low PE, usually on a value stock. Growth stock, high PE or no PE at all. That's simply put, that's what it is. On the next Invest Talk, this story, the Fed endangering the global reserve status of the dollar. That story is tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Uh, I think there's likely a pullback here. 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. We're already moving through the second quarter. The market has been interesting, and serious investors need to bring their best game. Invest Talk is here to help. The phone lines are open 888 99Chart. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. Hi, Justin O. Steve. This is Leo calling from Hawaii. Thanks again for all the valuable information you provide on the podcast. I'm trying to decide between two index funds, the Fidelity Total Market Index Fund, FSKAX, and the Fidelity 500 Index Fund, FXAIX. Both have similar portfolio core holdings, and 
they have the same expense ratios. So just trying to see what your thoughts were on these two stocks. Uh, listen for your response on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, the first one, FXKAX, is the total market index. The second one, FSAIX, that is not the S&P 500. That's the Fidelity Select Air Transportation Portfolio, which is a stinky fund because you said it was a 500. So what you're deciding is, do I want the total market index or the S&P 500? If I had those two choices, I'd take the S&P 500. Why? Why would I do that? Because the total market index means that every stock is represented in the index. That means bad stocks, tiny stocks, stocks that don't make money. Now, the S&P 500 has not great stocks in them, too, but they're they're usually the 500s. They are the 500 largest stocks. So I I feel more secure investing in those stocks than I do the total market index. So that's what I would pick. But remember, this FSAIX is not the S&P 500, Fidelity S&P 500. Make sure you get the right symbol. Don't make that mistake. I've seen that happen to people. Say, oh, I didn't know it was in there. So don't do that. Okay, state public pension funds. State public pension funds. There's been a real problem for years and years and years that pension funds were underfunded, especially private pension funds, were underfunded. State pension funds were also underfunded, but in the last few years, they're making some changes to them to try to straighten that problem out. The biggest problem these pension funds have is overestimating the amount of money that the money they set aside to pay pensions is going to make. So all that money they set aside to pay pensions, they put in factors of growth, okay, assumptions of growth rate on the investments that they buy, use that money and buy. So it used to be over 8% on average. Now the assumptions are moving down and now they're in the low seven, 7.2% on average. And that's gonna help them a lot, lowering those assumptions. But at the same time, that may mean for me and you taxpayers have to put more of our tax dollars in there. In other words, we're gonna be taxed more to make up. The, the lack of returns. The worst public pension fund in the United States by the state, by state, state, every state, New Jersey, they're 40% underfunded, 40%. And New Jersey has one of the highest tax bases there are. Why is that like that? Why are they Why are they so, so underwater in their... In their uh, finances in New Jersey. They have a really high property tax rate. They have high sales tax rate. They have high taxes all the way around. Maybe not as much as New York City right across the Hudson River, but still very high tax rate. So why are they spending so much money? A lot of waste. A lot of waste in the Northeast and some of the governments are really poorly ran. New York City being one of them. So anyways, uh, that's what we just be aware. Maybe you should be aware of what your city's pension fan, the public pension fund uh, liabilities are and how much you're going to have to pay in additional taxes. Okay, one last point before they got to go. Singapore. There was a Chinese couple 
confronted an Indian lady who was exercising, walking fast or something, but did not have a mask on. They confronted her that she had to wear a mask. And to the extent that they used racial slurs, believe it or not, they were calling her racial names, and pushed her down. What's interesting is the penalty for this. First of all, public nuisance, they get three months in jail. They can also be charged with uttering words and deliberate intent to wound racial feelings. Three years in jail. Voluntarily causing hurt. Three years in jail. Singapore doesn't mess around. <laughs> Anyways. That's the end of the show. I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for listening, everybody. Get your Invest Talk downloads anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, investtalk.com, because this show will be a podcast right after the end. You can browse podcast topics as well, 401ks, cryptocurrencies, treasury yields, whatever. So tell your friends and family, everybody. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.